The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome in, everybody, to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM. Your Tuesday crew, Brendan Glasheen, joined by Sean Zarillo and Anthony DeBundo. We are here Mondays, Tuesdays, and Fridays during the baseball season. So catch you again Friday after today's episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We had a whole soliloquy to open the show yesterday, and some of you did deliver. So we appreciate that. We're celebrating more than 100 episodes of Payoff Pitch with a giveaway. We do have a couple of winners. Drum roll. Here we go. Shout out to Kat, K-A-T, 8312, and Johnny, living good. You have both been selected as winners. Thank you for leaving a five-star rating and a review on Payoff Pitch. Please email, listen very carefully, please email podcasts at actionnetwork.com to claim your prize. Podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, at, at symbol, actionnetwork.com. Dot com to claim your prize and you will be taken care of. We are picking some more winners very soon. So if you still haven't done so already, leave a five-star rating and review for your chance to get a one-year pro subscription of the Action Network app or some Action Network merch. Feel free to take your wife or your girlfriend or your mom's phone and leave another five-star review. That works. However you want to get involved in this giveaway, it's up to you. And if you did bash BJ Cunningham in your review, Nice work. You did take my advice and BJ was open to that. So again, it can be positive and negative feedback. Um, We do take a look at it. So thank you very much. Let's move on to the slate full 15 gamer. Everyone's in action. That's why these Tuesday slates are a lot of fun. Dinger Tuesday with DeBundo. We'll get to picks from uh, DeBundo later on. Sean Zarillo's got opening pitch up on actionnetwork.com and the action network app full breakdown of the slate, his projections and his picks. We start with best bets and Zarillo. You think the Red Sox are going to stop the bleeding. That makes me happy. It might make BJ happy too. The Red Sox are your best bet today. Yeah, Red Sox gotten a little cold with their bats the past few days, but they should be able to get back on track, I would think, against Luis Castillo. 
They have the uh, top four offense against right-handed pitching this season. The Mariners also in their better split against right-handed pitching. And that's why you've seen this total move up from a nine and a half to 10. In addition to some good weather, 77 degrees at first pitch winds blowing out to right field pretty aggressively about 10, 11 miles an hour. So we see the over move up every day at Fenway park. It seems like from nine and a half to 10 today, the Red Sox are the best over team in baseball, 27 and 13 to the over on the season. As I've, as I've mentioned, there were a few early season games at Fenway park where the wind was really blowing in and we had temperatures in the forties and we bet the unders and one on those. So even with some bad early season weather that was just going to discourage run scoring, the Red Sox still going over at a higher clip than any team. And that's even without them scoring runs in recent days because their bullpen continues to give up a million runs. So there's a high blow up potential here with Nick Pavetta. But in terms of the side, I expect a high variance game. I made the Red Sox closer to plus 120. Can bet them currently at plus 140. Also plus 135 with the first five innings. It's a lone money line bet today where I bet a team both for the first five and the full game. So that's why it stood out as my potential best bet because I show value on the Red Sox in both halves and no other team did from my money line perspective. So like the Red Sox to get on track today, have not bet on them a ton this season, frankly, and definitely haven't made them my best bet at any point. So good spot for Boston. Okay. Red Sox plus 135, full game at BetMGM, plus 125, first five innings. Yeah, they got to get back on track here. Ryan Brazier was just uh, put, um, put on waivers. So we'll we'll see. But yeah, it's another beautiful night at Fenway where the other team might score more runs. But Zerillo doesn't think so. It's a turnaround spot. Sunday night was tough because I had the over 10 and they that pushed. Yeah, pushed it. And yeah, it's, you know, that you expect them to score more than one run in a game. And eh, we're, we're just going to hope they bust out of it at some point. I haven't, uh, you know, watched the past three games closely to see how hard they're hitting the ball necessarily. I know they've left some runners on, but it, it streaks of luck and there's nothing necessarily to these teams may be getting hot or cold. We talk about hot streaks all the time. The Cardinals right now, though, everybody on the whole roster hitting. So maybe the Cardinals are getting hot, you know, after we were thinking they were dead. But yeah, the Red Sox, hopefully they bounce back tonight. No, I I mean, I watched a lot of Saturday's game and Sunday night, and they are striking it. And just right, two guys like Jared Duran has been quite. Yeah, Duran breakout, fully buying that. And they they put the ball in play a lot. They You know, they have guys who make contact. And Yoshida, like the Yoshida Verdugo back-to-back, not striking out that's it's definitely takes a toll on pitchers and they can get into your bullpen so there's the attritional aspect of them hitting overs too the longer they get into series the fewer off days their opponent has that bullpen is going to see a lot of pitches by the end of a series all right there's your red Sox minute to bundo i hope you enjoyed it what's your best bet well they get on base right they have the fourth yeah. highest obp in the league uh they have you know good plate skills uh good bat to ball in that lineup and it you know, there's not a ton of power necessarily outside of Devers, but it, it makes up for it by having guys on base all the time and, and putting pressure and stress on the opposing pitchers. Uh, I like the over in that game. We'll talk more about it in a little bit. Uh, I am going to take the over in the Baltimore Angels game, nine and a half. Chase Silseth against Dean Kremer. Not a fan of either starter. Look, I know Silseth had some pretty encouraging numbers in the minor leagues. Uh, he's he's keeping a 0.9 ERA right now in uh, AAA, which if you think about it, uh, given the environment in Salt Lake City that they play in, that's like really impressive uh, in 20 innings. But, you know, some of the underlying peripherals aren't nearly as friendly to Silseth. And he's a guy that's had success in the minors in the past and it hasn't necessarily translated to the big league level for him. And I really just don't think the stuff is good. Uh, the projection systems like him, uh, you know, the bat has him at 4-3, ATC 4-1, ERA projections uh, for the rest of the season. 
I'm really not believing in that because I look at the numbers in the minor leagues, strikeout minus walk rate, uh, three walks per nine this year. Last year in the majors, 7.5 strikeouts per nine to 3.7 walks. XCRA was over six when he pitched. And then we look at some of the pitch modeling stuff. You know, I'm going to talk about stuff plus. Uh, 86 stuff plus in AAA this year. I know the elevation will play a role in that and probably lower the number more than it should because they're in Salt Lake. But even still, that's pretty below average stuff and and mediocre command. Uh, and the innings he has pitched in the majors this year, it's only eight innings. Uh, he's appeared in four games, kind of a you know hybrid role. Uh, he has not been great either. 5.4 walks per nine, even strikeout minus walk rates. Uh, so I'm a little concerned about Silseth against this Baltimore lineup. And Kramer is another guy who has decent peripherals, but really relies a ton on, on balls and play uh, because he only strikes out about 17% of hitters. Stuff plus below average on him as well. XERA up over six, closer to seven. Uh, he's been getting hit really hard this year uh, and doesn't have anything particularly impressive about his portfolio. Like none of his pitches uh, register better than a 106 on the stuff plus rating. So there's not really like a, a go-to pitch for him uh, that he can use consistently. So I don't like either starter. Good hitting conditions in Baltimore tonight. I like the over. All right. I'm just looking at game locks here. A lot of fly balls. A lot of fly balls for uh, for Kramer over the uh, over his last six starts. And Silseth does have a decent ground ball rate. That's kind of how he gets away with it, uh, with with the mediocre strikeout numbers. But I really don't buy any projection that has him uh, around a strikeout per inning, and that's what most of the systems have him at. I don't think he hits that. Okay. As a quick aside, I, I know BJ was on the Angels yesterday, first five, and I'm just reading a headline. Otani pitches seven innings, reaches base five times, and then typically the next sentence would be, as the Angels lose 4-2, but they won 9-5. So yeah, they actually that. scored a million runs last night for once and gave him some support. <laughs> we we may need to have a bit. conversation about Grayson Rodriguez. I just want to mention with Anthony's over. So I bet the I bet it uh, at over nine, I believe, before it moved up to nine and a half. But the first five over, I have projected at five and a half. There's still some five minus 115s out there pretty much across the board. I think you can bet that, uh, you know, just an alternative way of attacking the pitching matchup neither of us like and getting it only for the first five innings here. I don't really like either bullpen either. I would expect there to be, you know, runs throughout the game. But my first my first five totals, five and a half. My full game total is 9.7. Just the larger edge for me on the first five total at this point. Let's find out if we're going to fade the public on Tuesday. Looking in the Action Network Pro section, you can find edges on where folks might be putting their dollars on particular games. And one game that jumps out, the Cleveland Guardians with Shane Bieber on the mound tonight are getting lots of love. They are getting 84% of the bets, 99% of the money coming in on the Cleveland Guardians over the White Sox. It's Shane Bieber against Lance Lynn. Any interest in backing Lynn and the White Sox, Zerillo, to go against the people? The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? No. Uh, you know, I'm pretty much in alignment with this market. Uh, I projected the White Sox at plus 115. The best available price is plus 116. So I'd need it to get closer to plus 125 to consider jumping in and wouldn't expect it to get there on its own. That would probably only happen if somebody's out of the lineup for... Uh, the White Sox. So probably a pass in terms of a side, but as far as the total goes, I made it 7.7. I do like the under eight and a half wind blowing out tonight, but we actually have, we're in the time of year where once the sun goes down, the temperature drops by like 10 degrees. We all know this living in the Northeast, um, 69 degrees at first pitch in Chicago by an hour later, it'll be 59 degrees. So maybe the first five, there's a little bit of scoring. Maybe you target a live under as the temperatures start to cool, but 
yeah, my my overall handicap for the weather is that it actually should sort of neutralize the wind blowing out by the end of the game, the the uh, the temperatures. So under uh, plus money eight or eight and a half to about minus one fifteen. Take people behind the curtain. We have a document that we fill out before we start the podcast. And Debundo, instead of picking a side, he put Fraud Bowl next to his name when assessing this matchup. Do you care to explain what you mean? I mean, look, we've been we, we've talked about Shane Bieber probably more than any other person on this podcast. I, Mitch I, Keller. I Mitch Keller is it. number one. Mitch Keller is number one. I don't know. <laughs> I think Bieber might be more yeah. mentioned. They're close. Uh, it, there was a stretch last year where he was on every episode, I think. And uh, look, it, too. It, it's just getting worse. Mitch uh, his Keller, strikeout rate Brad is Keller low. too is pretty popular. Yes, uh, not Mitch popular after his showing last night. Uh, but Bieber is down to eighteen point eight percent strikeout rate. Remember, he, his Cy Young, he was at forty one. Year after, he was at thirty three. Then he was at twenty five last year. We were saying, oh, he's just not the guy anymore. Uh, now he's down to 18, and his walk rate has jumped a little bit again compared to last season when he had uh, elite command. Uh, so I really don't like Bieber, but Lynn is a guy, and there was a lot of Twitter conversation last night, what's wrong with Alec Manoa? Um, the heavier guys, are they struggling with the pitch clock? Is that a potential thing? Mm. Having to work faster, not being necessarily in in like elite shape and getting used to having to go that quickly? Because if you look at Lynn, the fastball stuff is down, the walks are up, and he's throwing more pitches right down the middle. And he's getting hit harder for it. His fastball locations are really bad. Uh, and the Royals really teed off on him last week uh, for that reason. So, you know, he's falling behind in counts, throwing it down the middle, getting getting crushed. Uh, I don't know if if there's a really a fix for that, if that's the case. I don't know the answer to why Lance Lynn is broken. But uh, it's pretty surprising to see a guy drop off this hard uh, when, uh, you know, I guess if you know, you're throwing a lot of fastballs, your fastball's not as good, you're going to have problems. But... 5.46 XCRA. I, I could only play the over here, uh, but I'll be passing. It was like Sean said, the weather's not great for offense tonight. Zerillo, I remember the game, these... but yeah, after that, it, it's going to change. I remember you and Colin Whitchurch had a conversation about this before the season started when the new, with the new rules. And it was sort of a, a precursor episode of payoff pitch, like a, a season preview kind of episode going into spring training about, pitchers working or adjusting to the clock. Is there anything to add to DeBundo's thought there? Uh, Bartolo Colon would have hated this. That's that's first off. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the pitcher injury is getting out of control. I just continue to maintain that. Well, so I've seen some studies actually showing that the injuries might have been front-loaded and that we had a ton of guys put on the IL during spring training. Derek Rhodes on Twitter, you can search for him. Guys like an MLB injury guru. Uh, has a whole database of baseball injuries over the course of years. You could search any player. And he basically keeps track of injuries very closely and determined that he thinks that pitchers were put on the IL at a very alarming rate during spring training. But now that we're six weeks into the season, the average number of people being put on the IL per week is actually what we would expect. So all this stuff we said about all the increased pitcher injuries, maybe it's just been a case of randomness as guys adjust to the pitch clock, or maybe all the guys who were going to get hurt have already gotten hurt and were past that, or, you know, like all, all the increased injuries as a result of the pitch clock have already happened. So I, I don't know, like we, we never get a consistent data sample in baseball every year. There's new rule changes, new baseballs. Um, remember, remember when pitchers were complaining about the grip on the baseball and saying that was injuring them? Uh, you know, they were, they took the sticky stuff off. Glasno said he had to change his grip, and that's what caused him to hurt his elbow. 
they they're messing with these guys' livelihoods, and it sucks to see because I don't think baseball is at all interested in trying to make the game better. They're just interested in trying to keep more eyeballs on the sport and make more money. So uh, if I was the Players Association, I'd be furious. And I don't really know what they can do other than wait till the next CBA to try to get stuff that's more beneficial to them. But yeah, they're like, there's no quick fix. Like Anthony said, I don't, I don't know what you do. Get them in better shape, your pitchers. Um, but yeah, teams for the end of the year who are going to have their offenses together. Those are the teams I want from a futures perspective. You know, teams who have loaded lineups, like the Padres lineup should be really good if they make it to October. The Phillies lineup should be good if they make it to October. So teams who have offense, even though typically we look for like the big three in the rotation at the end of the year, I, I'm leaning towards offensive teams this year. If the Padres ever get a hit with runner in scoring position, they'll yeah. be pretty good. League league worst average with RASP, right? Below 200. Yeah, pretty bad. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from insuance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Hey, this is Action Network Audio Director Matt Mitchell, inviting you to head into the sports betting summer with new gear that's built to last. And our folks at Shady Rays, friends of the podcast, they have you covered from the sun to the slopes to out at sea with their premium polarized shades. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company offering world-class products just as good as any expensive pair you've ever worn. And like our betting podcasts, their sunglasses offer the clearest possible optics. Shady Rays also offers the most bananas protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of their sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So what does that mean? Here's what they told me. It means if you lose or break your pair, even a minute after they arrive, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Plus, if you don't love them, just exchange them for a new pair or even return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. It's basically the opposite of betting on the Oakland A's. So exclusively for our podcast listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ACTION 
for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The payoff pitch consensus underdog for Tuesday. This does not surprise me. The Tampa Bay Rays are now at plus 135, just looking at BetMGM. So the price has come down, but... The fact that Tampa was available at plus 145, I see DeBundo's got him in here at plus 142. So wherever you're shopping, uh, of course, try to get the best line on this. But it's Jalen Beeks, who I just, I couldn't wait until the Red Sox dealt him. They got Nathan Evaldi and that worked out great. So Jalen Beeks is whatever. Coming out of the bullpen sometimes too. So it's not a true starter today for the Rays. But it's Verlander going for the Mets. His first start at City Field. Zarello, you've been down on the Mets. You've been You've mentioned a few times now from a futures perspective for them to miss the playoffs. You can get a pretty good number on them, but you're not. I mean, just from a numbers perspective, I would imagine this is why this jumped out to you, to get Tampa Bay at this kind of number this season they're having right now. Uh, Where's my dog? Uh There's my dog. Yeah, I made them plus 130 in this matchup. They're also in a really good spot because they had an off day yesterday. They played a weekend series in New York. So they didn't have to travel. The Mets had to travel. The Mets have played two full games since the Rays last played. Uh, so the Rays bullpen is fully rested. You mentioned Beak starting, assuming Yoni Chirinos would be the piggyback guy behind him. But the Rays have a fully rested bullpen. They could manage this game however they want to. Uh, Mets bullpen much more banged up. They need longevity out of Verlander. Like even if Verlander is a little bit shaky, they're going to make him go six or seven innings. They need the innings. Uh, especially with the the rest of their rotation being a complete mystery at this point. So, yeah, just, you know, from a splits perspective, the Rays number one team in baseball against right-handed pitching. There's a lot of reasons to like them in this matchup, but just in terms of the pure spot, you rarely see a road team better rested and with less travel than the home team, but that's the case here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the Mets have literally played two full games since the Rays last played. So, yeah, uh, Rays down to plus one or raise at plus 130, like them to be up plus 135. They also get Pete Fairbanks back off the IL today as well. So, I mean, the bullpen getting better with that. Um, a lot of reasons to like the race. Action Network app has the, the people are on the raise. The people are seeing an edge too, to Bundo. Any, but you're, you're into Tampa. Why? Yeah. I mean, Sharinos looks good to me. You know, the, the, uh, the stuff plus is above a hundred. I know he had struggle with command in the minors and, and really uh, was inconsistent there, but then he did start to figure it out uh, toward the end. At one point in the minors, his ERA was over six, certainly not encouraging stuff 
uh, but improved as as time went on and and got closer to that big league start. Uh, you know, the strikeouts weren't really there. Like they haven't been there thus far. You know, he's striking out nine and a half percent of batters. But if you look at the stuff, I'd expect that to increase going forward. Uh, and he's been generating a lot of grounders, which is, you know, the Chirinos way and how he's been successful with that sinker, which is his best pitch. So uh, I don't really love Verlander still. I mean, the stuff was good on the first start. So that that's encouraging for him. But uh, either way, you know, he faced two pretty bad lineups. If you look at who they got to play, the Reds uh, and the Tigers, yep. give up a couple of solo homers, rough starts to the start, and then really settled in. But this Rays lineup is a different different beast. I know it's it does suck that Yandy's going to be out, it looks like. Uh, he's getting an MRI. He is probably their most underrated hitter. I mean, he's not underrated anymore because he's got a, a dozen homers, but uh, the, his on-base skills are huge for this lineup. But either way, even without him, they have the depth. Uh, I like Tampa plus 140. Right now, looking at the app, 87% of the dollars coming in on the Rays. So I think it's a number that could very well move uh, down if you don't want to, if you don't get it now. So we get it ASAP before that number moves more. And the Mets lineup, like it's interesting. You know, we had this conversation for a lot of last season. I put the Mets in the similar, they're like uh, the, the guardians are, are similar in that way. Uh, of course they have Pete in the middle, but other than Pete, like there just isn't a ton of slug in this lineup and it's, it's starting to hurt them, I think. And, and you're seeing that, you know, they led the league last year in, in kind of like infield hits and, you know, stringing together singles and and having good plate skills and not striking out. And that was, it's a real skill. It matters, but it also makes you more vulnerable to just having bad stretches when you're not hitting the bottom of the park. Uh, so they're a bottom half offense right now. And, and similar to Cleveland, Cleveland's worse, of course. But uh, when you're relying on that kind of Babbitt to, to be a successful offense, you can run into some really cold stretches. And uh, especially since I'm guessing they're going to see more than a couple lefties here. It's not great for their lineup either. To be honest, they, I mean, they have the oldest roster in baseball and they look it like Starling Marte looks kind of washed. Uh, Francisco Lindor had a bounce back season last year, but he was declining before last year. Canna has not been good. No. So, you know, I like Jeff McNeil's good, puts the ball in play, but they need, they need Alvarez. They need Beatty to give them huge contributions. They need, they need what the Braves got from Michael Harris and Spencer Strider last year from their rookies. That's what the Mets need. They need Mauricio to come up and give them a huge boost. Maybe they bring him up and stick him at second base at some point and put McNeil in left field. Uh, they need they need their rookies to give them a big boost, and I don't know if they're going to get it. And they don't have pitching to give them a boost, so it's they're not getting a Spencer Strider performance. So yeah, like they they need to make trades for pitching, and they need offensive boosts from their rookies. And I don't think they're going to get it. And no Edwin Diaz, by the way. So they're going to blow more saves, like. That injury gets constantly overlooked because it only matters when they're winning the game at the end of the game. And very often of late, they're not leading at the end, but it matters. There's games where they have a lead in the eighth inning and you'd love to bring in Edwin Diaz and you don't have them. So yeah, it, it the Mets are not good. They're not good. Mets are a uh, third lowest strikeout rate. It's kind of what I mentioned, right? So they're down there with Cleveland uh, the Mets, Arizona, Washington, Boston. Those are the bottom five in strikeout rate. But then you look at, just isolated power. Uh, Cleveland uh, and Washington are dead last. Houston's 27th. Mets 24th. Boston 7th. So that's really the difference. I mean, you know, Boston's lineup has much more slug. You're seeing the Mets no slugging at all. You can you can really struggle. And everybody said, like, like the shift rules don't matter nearly as much, I don't think, as people have discussed it this year. Well, it's, an awkward, it's an awkward spot, too, because Zarello mentions their needs. 
well, I, I would imagine they want to hang on to those prospects that they might have in the mix. Right. Mm-hmm. It's getting to a point where, like, I don't want them to give up pieces this year. This team's not going to win a World Series. Reset. Let Verlander, Scherzer come off the books. Or you have Verlander for next year. Let Scherzer come off the books. Reset the money. Escobar out of there. I mean, just completely reset it. It's it's uh it's not a team built for the World Series. It's not. Okay, speaking of underdogs, again, it's Tampa visiting the Mets. That's why we're discussing the Mets. So the guys are on Tampa. Speaking of underdogs, we go to our final bets. Zarello's got a couple more dogs and a few more plays as well. And then DeBundo's got a couple more. And DeBundo's got Dinger Tuesday picks. So go ahead, Zarello. And I have a one more for the road. Yeah, just a it's a good dog slate. Uh, it's like a, my favorite slate in a while, just because there's a lot of dogs I fired on, a lot of dogs I think are within value range. I'm actually looking at the board again. I'm probably going to add a bet on the Pirates based on where that line is moved. I think Anthony's on the Pirates. Or I could be wrong. Um, But the Brewers, the Royals, the Rangers first five, those are all within range for me as money line bets. I know the Royals suck and I hate betting them, but Brady Singer, high pedigree. uh, Maybe they figure it out today. I also like the under again, though, in San Diego. You either get probably the Royals winning the game in our our, uh, money line bet caches, or they just don't score ever. And the under caches, so we split our bets. But the Phils and Giants over, we're going to keep betting overs at Oracle Park. Both teams in their superior split today against right-hand pitcher. They scored plenty of runs yesterday against a pair of lefties, essentially pitching the bulk of the game. Uh, and I also like the Giants as a home dog there. And then the Cubs and Astros over, over 7.5 in Houston. Normally knock that total down in the Dome, and I have, uh, but I still had the total at 8.1, even after lowering it from about 8.5, assuming a weather-neutral environment. So even with the Dome closed, like the over between the Cubs and Astros and a pair of pitchers I like quite a bit in Christian Javier and Justin Steele, but uh, Astros in their better split and the Cubs are good against both righties and lefties. So runs there, potentially no Bellinger either for the Cubs. Uh, I think he ran into a wall last night, which takes a hit out of their defense and boosts the run environment a little bit. Maybe I know six runs is nothing to get really excited about, but maybe the Astros, they had what two really good innings. So when you look at it that way, maybe they haven't turned a corner, but Scoring six, maybe they're getting somewhere. I don't Speaking know. Speaking of guys who look really old and washed, Jose Abreu, that contract is not going to age well. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's, he scored runs I mean, in the first, the first inning and the seventh inning last night. I know that because we were on the Cubs. But uh, yeah, they're not scoring a lot of runs. The the Astros. Yeah, I mean, Bregman can't be worse, and I think Bregman will be fine. Uh, even Tucker's had a little bit of a slow start, but. Once they get Altuve back, I think that's when you look to buy. McCullers and Altuve look like they're pretty close. Granted, how healthy will McCullers stay? It's uh, a big question. But certainly a, a good time to look to buy. But then I looked at the market, and like they're still minus 130 to win the division. Thought we'd get a better number than that. Okay, DeBundo, make your case for the Pirates, because I know Zarello mentioned he he's going to hop on them as well. You've got a Mariners-Red Sox over, and then I want Digger Tuesday picks. Yeah, I'm also looking to potentially add the under in Pirates, Tigers. I like Luis Ortiz, and I you know, b- bought him in Dynasty, drafted him in Dynasty earlier this year. Uh, somebody I'm looking to buy had a really impressive stuff numbers when he came up last year. The problem with Ortiz was he really couldn't throw strikes, uh, but he has kind of fixed that problem thus far. He's improved his command in the minor leagues, and that makes me a believer in him. I know he had a pretty rough outing in his first go against the Rockies. Kind of got screwed by the defense, a couple errors. Cost him. Uh, didn't really strike anybody out in that outing. Only had one strikeout. But uh, the stuff is good, and the walks are down in AAA. Only three walks per nine. 
uh, in AAA this year, which is solid enough for me to respect it. Uh, and the stuff plus continues to be impressive on Ortiz. Uh, I think he's better than Michael Lorenzen. Lorenzen did have his best start of the year last time, uh, which is notable. He even talked after the game about fixing and, and like, you know, going into the lab and trying to fix the changeup. That's what he said in the post game. And, and it really did work for him. So, you know, I have to respect that. Uh, so that, that does lean me toward potentially looking at the under in that game. He's still not striking anybody out, but generating that weak contact with the changeup, keeping the ball on the ground with it uh, is uh, impressive. And uh, so I look toward the under there, but I also like the Pirates uh, plus 100, plus 110 is out there uh, on them. I know Barry Horse just gave out the Tigers, moved the market there. So I like Pittsburgh and I also like the under in that game. Would explain why I got value on the Pirates at plus 110. All and right. then uh, one more Tuesday. Yeah. Well, we could talk about Luis Castillo uh, as well. The, oh. the fastball velocity is not quite back yet for him. There are nine and a half that are showing up again uh, in the market there. The strike, this is a weird situation where the stuff is worse yet. The results are better. Uh, and Castillo has always been a slow starter. We've talked about this. I've written about this. I think he's started on a bunch of Fridays when I've been on the pod as well. And the one time I didn't fade him, he went and did really poorly. But until that fastball velocity makes a full return, I'm just not going to believe that Castillo is the same guy. And he's being projected like a better pitcher than I think he is at the current moment. Uh, whereas I think by June or July, we may have a different conversation about him. So I uh, like the over in that as well. Uh, Pavetta, notorious guy. I love to fade. Just never going to solve that home run problem. Uh, his command is just not good enough with the fastball that it gets hit really hard. Curveball he leaves up in the zone way too often. Gets crushed because of it. Uh, like Sean mentioned, good hitting environment in Boston tonight. And then Dinger Tuesday, Nolan Arenado is back. Uh, this is something I wrote about last week. Uh, the chase rate was starting to tumble. Uh, the swing rate was going down. He stopped pressing and was starting to you know find his power again. Mm -hmm. And he's been going off for the last week. Now he gets a matchup with Wade Miley. Uh, and Wade is a you know a soft tossing lefty and and somebody that Arenado's approach of trying to pull barrels can really work. Uh, so his pull heavy approach, I think is good for homers at you know, plus four twenty ish, uh, out there now. And I like Ryan Mountcastle took him overnight. Talked about Silseth, like the over in that game, one of target games where I like the over uh, in Dinger Tuesday. So, uh, Ryan Mountcastle. Arenado four straight games with a home run. Yeah. He's figured some things out for sure. Yep. He's too good of a hitter not to. Zarello, do you have a Dinger Tuesday pick? Uh, let's go with a guy who might be having, I hope, a post-type breakout, 27-year-old Nick Senzel. Finally hitting the ball hard, playing in course tonight, doubles in his past few games. Maybe take a look at the over one and a half total bases there because uh, he's hitting a bunch of doubles, cores, boosts, Babbitt, so he could get a couple singles. But yeah, Nick Senzel really rounding the form. Uh, and the Reds getting better offensively. We should see Christian Encarnacion Strand soon. Uh, and then Ellie Day Cruz down the line. So by the end of the year, the Reds might have a fun team. They're good. Senzel, India, Steer, McLean, Ellie, Encarnacion Strand, Stevenson. Ashcraft, Ladoel Green. Yeah, that's start, a respectable group. start of something. Although yeah. Hunter Green, Hunter Green keeps just getting rocked over and over again. He does, but like the the <laughs> talent, you know, the the base, the high upside talent that you want to see on the roster, it's there. Like they they have a lot of I wouldn't call them lottery tickets, but like a lot of guys that could potentially hit as superstars. And that's fun. I like how you started your case for Senzel. It was very Chris Collinsworth. Like, let's go with a guy. 
And then you, when, here's a guy. Here's a guy. We're going to play 20 questions, make you figure it out. <laughs> Again, you can find Sean Zarello, Anthony DeBundo in the Action Network app. If they add anything to the slate today in terms of picks, you can go to the app and you can follow them and the picks will follow. Don't forget to follow them. Also, you can uh, catch us Friday, Monday, Tuesdays, and Fridays during the season for payoff pitch. Also, as I said off the top, thank you again to those of you who have left the five-star rating and a review, and you can get a chance. If you haven't done so already, please do for a chance to win a free year of Action Pro or some sort of Action Network swag. We will take care of you. We will announce more winners soon if you follow through. So once again, congrats to Kat and Johnny Livingood. For Sean Zarillo and Anthony DeBundo, Brendan Glasheen, thanks to David for getting us up and running here. Uh, our audio producer will see you back here Friday morning. And thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. Talk to you again later this week. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.